Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever or wherever you're listening to this or watching this. This is the Awesome NHL DFS Strategy Show, and I am your host for today, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy. Riding shotgun on this journey today is the Clyde to my Bonnie, the Butch Cassidy to my Sundance Kid, the Jesse Pinkman to my Walter White, Mr. Josh Harris. Josh, how are we doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, <laughs> got it crushed last night again but today is another day yeah last night i'll uh, echo your sentiments there wasn't uh, a very good night for me got back about half my entries which i think um, all things considered probably not too bad um, i was pretty high on chicago chicago did well i just um just had the wrong secondary stacks with him so tonight is another night it's the columbus blue jackets man like we we talk about them often on this show. They look very much fraudulent to me. Um, maybe some of the goals goals against is a little out of whack because of poor goaltending, but they don't look very good, man. No. I mean, their numbers aren't that great. I mean, maybe Lankinen has come back to earth, but, like, I even had Kubelik as a one-off in my lineup, and I still couldn't do anything. Vancouver, too, was okay early, but they kind of cooled off and then – blew a three nothing lead and I used Demco so that ended that. Yeah. Uh the winner of the twenty max last night had uh Dry Sidle and McDavid with Columbus one plus a bunch of cheap guys. Twenty five hundred Dylan Cousins, twenty eight hundred Adam Bogfist, twenty seven hundred Eric Brandstrom. And I mean Columbus one probably could have could have scored a couple goals in overtime. They had their chances. It could have been an even higher score. So um, that Columbus top line, certainly since Patrick Laine has arrived, um, has looked pretty good. Um, Vancouver, man, they, they, they honestly, like, as, as far as, like, they didn't get blown out last night, but I think it's just another poor defensive performance. And, uh, like, I don't see any hope for them moving forward unless their forwards kind of go nuclear because it doesn't look like their defensemen are going to pull them through. Yeah, and then you give up the game-winning goal to Tyler Ennis and just, like, just pack it up and go to the ECHL or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, was, <laughs> that, that wasn't the way they wanted to finish that game, that's for sure. Um, before we get everything rolling here, uh, if you could, uh, please hit us with a like and a subscribe. It'll help us uh, not only uh, grow the channel, but get us to the top of the algorithm and all that good stuff. So uh, if you could... Please uh, like and subscribe. Uh, hit the notification button if you want to know whenever we're going to get on the air so you don't have to keep checking your phone all the time. All right, let's jump right into this slate. Let's jump into our first game of the night. Uh, we have the New York Rangers, a 2.7 implied gold total, uh, going into Philadelphia with the Flyers carrying a 2.9 implied gold total. Um, those have stayed pretty saw, you know, pretty constant all through the day. So there hasn't been a lot of movement. Um, Artemi Panarin, obviously out for the Rangers tonight. He's dealing with some off ice issues, which are, we're not going to get into them now, but let's just say um, it looks, it kind of looks bogus, but we obviously don't know the whole story yet. So we'll just let that play itself out. Um, Claude Giroux is back. Uh, for the Flyers, it looks like he'll be uh, slotting in on the second line uh, with Kevin Hayes. Um, with Panarin out, 
and the Flyers still kind of dinged up. You know, they don't have their full complement back yet. You know, Jack uh, Voracek is still out and so on and so forth. What do you like out of this game? Like, is there is there some sneaky value here on the Rangers? Because I think, you know, for, for me, with how poorly they've gone off and done offensively this year and Panarin's out and all that, like, I could see some low ownership coming in on the Rangers tonight. Is there a sneaky spot that you like on their side, or is this all about the Flyers? Yeah. I'm a Rangers fan and this is, this is just tough to watch, you know, and like I've been on the Mika Zibanejan train all season and my bank account is just going, Wee! <laughs> but like, this is a spot where it's kind of not a good spot for him. I mean, they're going to get, he's going to get the Couturier line um, with JVR and Farabee. I mean, that's not the normal top line, but Couturier, you know, hard matching, Zabatajan is kind of takes Zabatajan off the table. If you still want to like get tricky and power play stack the Rangers, I think this is it's an okay spot. I mean, I don't really like doing that. I mean, they're so cheap. Like that's that's the only thing. Like the Rangers top power play is so cheap. Zabatajan is the most expensive at fifty nine hundred. The the second line of the Rangers is fully correlated on the power play. Kreider, Strom, Blackwell. Which <laughs> like if you told me Colin Blackwell is going to be on the top power play at the start of the season, I would have laughed you out of the building. But like. Here we are, 2,800 Colin Blackwell, and arguably he's been their best forward outside of, you know, Panarin and Buchnevich, which is crazy. Just put the C on him already. Like, just do it. <laughs> like, yeah, so if in MME, like, this is a tough – this is tough for, like, one to three lineups. Like, I don't really want to use the Couturier line just because they're probably going to see, you know, the Zibanejan line isn't great defensively, especially with Alexis Lafreniere there. But, like – the only good defenseman is probably going to be on the ice with them and Adam Fox. So I'd probably be underweight in MME on Flyers one. Like I definitely would still have some just because they're fully correlated. Uh, for me on the Flyers, like the second line is interesting to me because they're going to get the depth of the Rangers, the Strom line, or even the Brett Howden line. Like it really doesn't matter like what depth line, as long as they're not getting like the Fox pairing, they could get the Keandre Miller pairing with Brendan Smith or Lieber Hayek with Anthony Bieto. Like it's just a mess. So like <sighs> Flyers too. It's just tricky because Drew's not on the power play. Like you'd expect maybe depending on how the game flow goes, he might see some power play time. Hayes is on power play one, Nolan Patrick power play two. Like that line doesn't really jump off the board for me, but I probably have some flyers too in MME. And then on the Rangers side, like that Strom Blackwell Crider line is cheap enough. Like, and they're fully quartered on power play too, even though this isn't the best spot for them. Like I wouldn't fault you for having a little bit on MME, but like this game as a whole in one to three lineups or even 20 max, I want to be underweight on. Yeah, this, <clears throat> it is a really tough game. Like with the matchups and like you said, the pricing makes it hard to ignore, right? Like when you have a fully correlated second line, on a five game slate, like it at, at that price, right. You can get them all for, like you said, at about $11,000. Like it's really hard to ignore that Ranger second line. So like, I wouldn't begrudge anybody that wants to stack, you know, that Ranger second line, Strong Blackwell, Crider, because you know, there are expensive lines later in the slate or like Toronto and Colorado and so on and so forth. And you can put like a, a, a little, you know, Blackwell Strong two man or Blackwell Crider or something like that. And it'll give you access to those, uh, expensive stacks but like you said uh, they're missing a lot of players they're missing their best uh their best forward 
like I'm pretty out on the Rangers here tonight. I do have like some one-offs. Like I do have some one-off Blackwell because he is so cheap with that power play. I do have, you know, Keandre Miller. Um, but that's about it. Like I, I'm not really high on the Rangers here tonight, especially where we look at their ownership. Like uh, our ownership is probably going to get updated later and we'll see what that looks like. But, you know, we have Lafreniere and Buchnevich around 16% uh, with Zibanejad, you know, around 20%. I'm not, you know, I'm not playing a, a 15% Lafreniere um, going into Sean Couturier. That's just not something uh, that I've typically done over the years. So uh, count me out on Rangers 1 uh, completely. Rangers 2, like I said, if, if you want a two-man or full stack to get, uh, you know, access to the more expensive stacks that we'll talk about later, um, that's fine by me, but I'm not on them either. So for me, this is actually going to come down to, uh, I'm going to have a fair bit. I'm going to, cause we need to talk about the Flyers power play, right? Cause closure Ruback means somebody off that top Flyers power play is probably coming off. Like I would guess it's Joel Farabee. Um, so that would give us two flyers on the second line on the top power play unit. Like I know it's Giroux's first game back in a while, but I can't see them leaving him off um, the top PP. So um, I'm assuming it's going to be Couturier, Van Riemsdyk, Hayes, and Giroux on the power play with Provorov. And that would bring Hayes, Giroux, and Nolan Patrick into play for me, especially where they're going to see the Stroman-Blackwell line. They're going to see the Howden and, and Gote line. Like they're going to avoid – um, Adam Fox, a fair bit at five on five. So um, I do think uh, that that it, it portends a good matchup for uh, Philly too. So I do like that Flyers second line quite a bit here today. Uh, and one thing to note too, is that the Rangers are top 10 by penalties taken. So um, you probably want to get a piece of that Flyers power play one way or another. But I do want to mention the Flyers third line. Uh, Raffle, Ove Kubel, Connor Bunneman. Bunneman's nothing really special. But Raffle, I would say, is an above average offensive player. Like, he's definitely not great, but he, you know, he has finishing ability. And Nicholas Ove Kubel, like, I would say he's an average offensive player, but he's really good defensively. So whenever they're on the ice, like, they're going to be on against the third and fourth lines from the Rangers. Um, that's a great, great matchup because that third line from the Rangers is god awful. So, like, um, I understand not wanting to, like, full stack a third line, and you don't really need to, but, like, I have some one-off raffles. I have some one-off Obey Kubels. I think I have a two-man raffle Obey Kubels somewhere. So, don't be afraid, like, if you want to get super expensive, like Colorado Power Play, Toronto 1 or whatever, don't be afraid of that Flyers third line, a little two-man or just a one-off because they are so cheap. Uh, it'll help you uh, get access to those more expensive players. All right. The defenseman, Shane Goss is paired. Like, I couldn't believe how many minutes he actually played in their last game. He was at 21 minutes last game. I think that's like six straight games for him over 20 minutes. I know it's PP2, but, like, he is a pretty talented guy. Hasn't really put up points this year. Do you have any interest in Goss' pair or any other defenseman here? Um. His price is a little expensive for me, 4800 He hasn't been doing too much. Uh, oh. If I'm going to go to the power play, second power play, I think Travis Sanheim is the guy I want to do. Uh, 3500 or 3600 excuse me. I uh, like his peripherals. You save the $1,200. Uh, I wouldn't fault you if you, have the, if you have the salary for Ghost. I think that's fine. I just wouldn't force him in. Um, I don't mind Felipe Myers either. I like that second pair for the, for the Flyers. I think you can go there. But – 
Ghost is not someone I'm going to force in, but if I have the leftover salary for that final spot, then yeah, definitely I'd, I'd put him in. Yeah, Philippe Myers is also a guy I'm kind of gravitating to. He's, uh, you know, he'll play in the top four. He'll get 20 minutes. So um, if you need to save money off Provorov quite a bit, um, don't mind Myers. Either of the goalies, I have some Elliott um, just because I think there's actual shutout potential for him here tonight, but and he's not expensive. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Like these goalies are tough. Like if you want to play Igor too, like I think that's fine just cause he's going to, the Rangers defense is so bad that he's going to see so much volume, but like I'm kind of low on both these goalies tonight. I just, it's just hard for me cause, and it's a bad bias. I need to, I need to get over it, but like AV used to be the coach of the Rangers and like he, he just does some dumb things too. So like, it's just, it's just, PTSD with these goalies. So I think I'm going to pass in my one to three lineups. Okay. Fair enough. Like I said, I, I do have some Elliot. I think it especially makes sense to correlate where he's not super expensive and he's, you know, only 7,600 um, over on DraftKings. All right. I think that's, that's about it for this game. Unless you have something else you want to mention. No. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you just want to stop talking about the Rangers don't you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stop talking about the Rangers then. All right, our next game, uh, one of the marquee games of the night. Uh, we have the Calgary Flames with a 3.0 implied goal total going into Toronto, and the Leafs are carrying a 3.5 implied goal total. Um, both those have come down through the day as the over-under has come down from 6.5 to 6. That doesn't mean I'm, I'm expecting depressed ownership here. Uh, there should be a lot of ownership across the board. We have both Matthews and Tavares over 20%. Matthews near 30. Uh, Marner right around 20. Like I, like I feel pretty safe saying like those guys are all going to be uh, 20% and above. They're getting obviously they're really expensive, but you know <laughs> Matthews is average averaging 20 DraftKings points a night, which is just absolutely bonkers production. Um, we just saw them get shut out the other night, but it's Big Save Dave again. Can he do it two nights in a row, Josh? They don't call him Big Save Dave for nothing, but like they don't really. I don't know why they call him Big Save Dave, but like <laughs> neither. He hasn't made a lot of them. So like the the problem I'm having with the Leafs is not even like the Austin Matthews price. Like you can argue that maybe he's underpriced, but like and I wrote him up. I did the best bets article today, and my bonus bet was Matthews over one and a half points and it was plus money. Like I didn't say like drop your entire bankroll on it, but like anytime you can get Matthews at plus money for over for a multi-point game, I think got to take it. But like the problem I have here, I got a couple problems like Mitch Marner, 8,500. That's just a tough pill to swallow. I get it. Like <laughs> it's like if Matthews is going to score, Marner's probably going to get the assist. Like it just, it just takes up so much of your salary that you have to, and it's going to be so chalky that you're going to have to differentiate yourself somewhere else. And then, like, Zach Hyman, 4,900. Like, I definitely would rather play Zach Hyman than Joe Thornton, which, like, I'm just glad Thornton's not playing tonight because he was min price <laughs> in the DK algorithm. I would have, I would have lost my mind if he was <laughs> But, yeah, so, like, I think you can, you know, f- go full Toronto 1. You just have to be aware of what you're doing. Like, you know there's going to be ownership. You have to differentiate yourself – elsewhere and I kind of wish that the Leafs kind of stayed with the loaded up power play because Tavares is a winger on DK tonight 
So if he was on PowerPoint one, that could have made your PowerPoint stacks a little bit easier. So Tavares, like being a winger, makes that that second line a little bit tougher to use. I'm not sure. Is Kerfoot a center on DK? That might actually. Uh, yes, he is. Okay, so that takes care of that. So I, I feel like I hit this crossroads every time Matthews is playing. Like, I want, like, he's the best player on the slate. He's going to score. Like, it's going to happen. So you play the whole line. Like, they're going into Lindholm, Mangiapani, Kachuk, which is, like, not the best matchup, but, like, the Matthews numbers are just incredible. So, yeah, in MME, yeah, I think it's one of those things where. Like I say all the time, you either have to be very underweight or very overweight. So, like, if he's getting 30% ownership, I don't mean, like, way over the field, like, 85%. But you should be, like, 40 45% if you want to go way over the field or, like, 10 15 20% if you want to be way under. So, I think it's a decision, even in any type of lineup, that you're going to have to make tonight. Because Matthews is going to be the most – the highest owned player on the slate tonight. It's not even going to be close. So, and it feels like single, like you know, putting in a single bullet. Matthews is kind of like not really getting you anywhere because even if he does break the slate, chances are if he has like a five point game like he did the other night, Marner is going to have the three point bonus or Hyman's going to have the three point bonus. So like you're going to have to use the full line. So full line or bust for me on Toronto one. Toronto two is interesting because they get the Monahan Gaudreau uh, pairing, which has not been good defensively. And Sam Bennett there doesn't really inspire much confidence. So I wouldn't fault you for going back there. Tavares at 6,800 is a bit expensive for me, especially for the production so far. But if you want to get a little bit lower ownership and a high ownership game, I think you can go to the Tavares Nylander mini. And if you, if you need the center spot, you can go Kerfoot as well. Um, I'm kind of on the flame side. I'm kind of off them tonight from a one to three lineup perspective. Um, it's probably going to be, it, yeah, Hutchinson is in that again, right? So like yeah. in MME, this is a good spot. I think I, I, what worries me is the ownership just because they were in the optimal lineup the last game or the last time they played on Monday. So I'm probably going to be underweight. Uh, I wouldn't fault you at all for going flames one. They're fully correlated on the power play. I think, uh, if I was going to use a full line, it would be the second line just because even though that their numbers aren't great defensively, neither are the Toronto second line. Like they're not great. Like they're not terrible, but they're not great either. So, and if, I mean, I'm just, I, I honestly, I think I'm just going to be underweight in this game as a whole. I'm like, I'm fading Matthews and praying, but Toronto one for me, a little bit of Calgary one, a little bit of Toronto two. That's about it. Okay, yeah, so the way I'm treating this tonight is most of my Toronto lineups are some variation of an onslaught. Um, like, I have a lot of, like, Matthews, Tavares, Kerfoot, Nylander, and Riley or something like that, and then going with a super, super cheap bargain secondary stack or, like, Matthews, Tavares, Kerfoot, Mikheyev, and Halts, and then I can fit in uh, a you know, a more reasonable secondary stack. That's, that's what I'm doing with Toronto here tonight is I'm going with um, more onslaught type builds, not necessarily full six mans, um, though I do have one of those, um, <laughs> but more just mixing and matching out of the top six, because I, I think you're right. Like I can't see 
I mean, maybe it happens. I mean, they just got shut out a couple nights ago, but it's hard for me to see Matthews being a solo in a, in a winning GPP lineup, right? Like if, if he goes off and he's in a winning GPP lineup, there's like you said, there's a good chance Marner and Hyman or, or Riley or somebody else is going to go, go off along with them. Um, so that's what I'm kind of doing. I think I have literally one Matthews one off and the rest of them are all in some sort of Toronto onslaught stack. So that's what I'm doing to get different with my Leafs tonight. Um, you're right that the second line for the Leafs hasn't been very good defensively. They've been about league average. Um, so I think, you know, that Gojo Monaghan Bennett line, um, could do well, but that Gojo Monaghan Bennett line has looked like pretty bad this year. I'll like, I'll just flat out say it. Cause trust me, I've played them a lot. Like I, I know what I'm talking about on this one. Uh, and not only that, but we have them as way over owned. Like we have them as 7.6% top two stack on our top stacks tool versus a 13.4% um, ownership share, making them one of the worst leverage spots on the night. So like, you know, if, if Sam Bennett's if Sam Bennett's going to be fifteen percent owned on the road, like I have no problem fading his line. Like that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. So I'm actually doing the same thing on both sides. Here is um kind of uh, two man or not two man. I'm kind of on slot e stacking is like like Lindholm, Kachuk, and Gojo, or Gojo and Monahan and Lindholm, or full top line plus uh, Gojo or something like that. That's what I'm doing with both sides here. Cause I think you're right. I think you definitely want some flames. It's not a great matchup, but Hutchinson is not a good goalie. Um, and they, and they're without Jake Muzzin, like Joe Thornton and Jake Muzzin out of the lineup. You know, we can make fun of Joe Thornton, but Toronto one's defensive numbers with him, without him this year are night and day. And Jake Muzzin is the best defensive defenseman on the team. So like, I don't want to say it's a it's a good matchup for Calgary per se, but it's a lot better than it would be if Thornton and Muzzin were in the lineup. So I have no problem going to Calgary here. Um, but, I, like, I am going to make sure that I mix in uh, a little bit of some guys from their top line just because I am worried about that chalk. Um, so that's just kind of th- – those are my thoughts on those two sides. I uh, want to remind everybody, Rasmus Anderson, uh, still power play one. Uh, for Calgary and Miko Lettinen, we should probably mention the power play units here because with new players coming in, um, Toronto had top had fully stacked the top PP unit, but it is going to be different this game. Um, it's going to be Miko Lettinen um, on one power play unit with uh, Nylander, Tavares, Spezza, and Kerfoot. Uh, so full uh, Toronto two plus Spezza and Lettinen, and then the other power play unit is Marner. Uh, Matthews and Hyman, what's expected to be full Toronto one plus Travis Boyd and Morgan Riley. So each of the Toronto lines have full power play correlation. I think that's probably going to bring me a little bit more to Toronto two. And like you said, her foot is the center and it makes those stacking um, a little bit easier. It also brings Mikko Lennon into play for me. So for me on the Toronto blue line, it's either up to Morgan Riley in my uh, AM 34, my Marner stacks are all the way down to Mikko Lennon in my JT and, you know, places where I need to save some money. I'm not like, I'm probably not going to play much Brody or Hall. Like everybody was saying, play Travis Dermott last game. And he played 11 minutes. So like, uh, like letting in Riley Anderson, I think are the only three defensemen I have out of this game. Yeah. I mean, letting in men price power play too. I think you got to take some shots, especially if you're using Toronto too. Um, and then if you w- really want to get spicy, you can put big save Dave back in the lineup. 
he's going to get the volume. Yeah. I would, yeah, that, that is one thing I would say. Can he do it twice in a row? I would say probably not, but that doesn't mean definitely not. And it's, you know, if he comes in 5% owned, he could be a, a GPP winning goalie yet again. Goalies All right. are streaky. And, yeah, he is streaky. Anything else? Nope. All right. Well, luckily enough for all us sports fans, March is right around the corner, and that means March Madness. You are you were saying the other day that you like to uh, bet on the March Madness when it rolls around, right? Yeah, I, I'll dabble. Yeah, I like to dabble as well. I won't, I won't go all in. I'll do a bracket, maybe bet some nights. But for anybody else that wants to do a little bit more than dabble, we have a college basketball promo running just in time uh, for March Madness. Our college basketball DFS projections are now behind a paywall, and you can access those for half off the first week when you use promo code, promo code COLLEGE. That's $4.98 for your first week of college basketball DFS at awesomeo.com. This offer is valid through Sunday, February 28th. That's awesomeo.com, promo code COLLEGE for half off your first week of college basketball DFS projections. All right uh let's keep this train moving along uh, another game that is of interest here uh we might have uh some lineup problems uh with arizona and i say lineup problems the only reason i say that is because um they switched connor Gar- or clinton keller off the top line last game and then they made a big uh comeback coming back from three nothing to win four three so um, I'm expecting that they'll stick with that line. And that means Drake Kajula probably on the top line, uh, for Arizona, um, along with, uh, Garland and Schmaltz and then Keller down with Broussard and Kessel. Trevor Zegers, um, he showed up for Anaheim in their last game, still 2,700. He looked really good, even though he only played 13 minutes. Um, Anaheim two, Zegers, Steele, Silverberg, fully correlated on the power play. Uh, I kind of like at least one line out of this game, maybe two. What do you see here, Josh? Well, in the morning, I was like, oh, yeah, uh, this is, we're going back to Arizona one. <laughs> but uh, Drake Kajula moving up, if that sticks, is a, is a bit wonky. I mean, like, Keller's not even on the top power play, and Kajula is $2,800 cheaper, but like, it's a big difference. Like, Keller's a really good player. Kajula is Drake Kajula. <laughs> I keep, I feel like he's burned me so many times when he played with McDavid a few seasons ago. Like he's a guy who I leave out and he'll just get like a random, like multi-point game. But like, I think if I was going to go for Arizona here, it would be the Schmaltz Garland combo with, you know, if, if you want to put in 6,000 Chikrin, like I think he can for the power play one, but like, I don't think it's necessary. So like with, if I got confirmation that Keller is going to be back up there, which he probably won't be because of how they came back, I'd be more likely to use Arizona one. So I'm kind of off the Yotes pending lines, which you don't really get. So, and the, so I'm probably going to be underweight on the Yotes, but if, if I do see Keller's not back on the top line, I'll have some Arizona one for sure. I'll have some chicken. Um, and then the Ducks kind of don't really confirm lines either, but the one line that is confirmed is the Zagris, Steel, and Silverberg line, fully correlated power play. They're super cheap. They're under ten thousand. Uh, they get a they get the depth of the the Yotes, which is not good. Um, you know, Zagris he didn't play much, but he was on the power play the whole time. 
he's one of those guys who's a who's a pass first type of guy. He's not uh, a score first, but like his passing is incredible. Like if they actually get some scores around him, that power play is going to be really good with him. Uh, so I don't mind going back to this this duck second line if you're you know you need some pieces like cheap pieces. Um, if you're you know onslaughting the the Leafs or you're using the Av something like that, you can put like a Zegger Steel. Steel Silverberg, something like that. They're all on the power play. Um, and this uh, other line, this combo of Comtois and uh, Ricard Raquel, they saw a big uptick in minutes. Like they're sitting around 14, 15 usually, but they got up 18, 19 minutes last game. Uh, I think you can definitely uh, use Comtois, Raquel. If you don't want to use the center, that's fine. But um, for me, like I'm normally off the ducks, but like just – from a price point, like onslaughting these expensive stacks, you need to find some savings somewhere. And Anaheim two is fully corded on power play. Uh, Comtois and Raquel are on the same power play. So I think there are definitely some options on the ducks tonight, just based off price. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, like I don't want to go to the ducks. Like that's just not something I'm really looking forward to doing. But like I said, Zegers looked really like he <laughs> Zegers might have played the best game of any Anaheim Duck um, in his first game so far this season, right? Like it's just it's been a bad season for that team, other than John Gibson, I guess. Um, but they're just so cheap; you can stack the entire line for under 10k. That gets you anything you want. It gets you full Colorado power play. It gets you any Toronto stack you want. It gets you where it gets you where you need to go. Uh, and we know, like, at, at the very least, Steele and Silverberg have played together and have shown some offensive chemistry. Great? No. Good enough? Against this middle, against the middle of the Arizona lineup, I would say yes. So I'm really in on that Anaheim second line. Steele, Zeger, Silverberg, some, you know, all three or some combination, two of the three, whatever. I have them in a lot of my expensive stacks, like Colorado and Toronto and things like that. So um, I'm pretty in on that Anaheim second line, like I'm, I'm fully realized that, you know, I'm probably going to be way, way, way overweight on them. Um, it's just, there aren't a ton of cheap spots that I, I like to go tonight. And there are a lot of expensive spots I like. And I honestly don't think the middle of that Arizona Coyotes lineup is anything to speak of. Like Broussard and Kessel have had pretty bad defensive numbers, regardless of who they played with this year. And if Clayton Keller's with them, I don't suspect that'll help them at all. So, like, Anaheim 2 could actually have the run of play here tonight. Like, that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Um, I'm with you. Like, I'd like to stack the the Arizona top line. But, like, if, if Drake Kajula is there, like, then no, I don't. So, um, like, I don't want to stack, like, a 17-whatever-K line and then, you know, have to mix and match uh, with only three games to pick from and two games already behind us. And I'm trying to, you know, it's, it's just something that I'm not looking forward to. So I'm fairly out on Arizona tonight. Like I have, uh, I have, I'll have some one-offs. Like I think I have some one-off Dvorak. Um, I have some one-off um, Goligoski, but that's pretty much it from Arizona. Anaheim love their second line in on John Gibson, Shattenkirk for that power play correlation. That's about where I'm at on this game. Like I don't, I don't think like that the Ducks top line is going to get a good match. You know what I mean? Like Getzlaff and Terry going up against the third and fourth lines from, uh, or against, sorry, not the top line for the Ducks, the third line for the Ducks that, like you said, that Comtois line 
they're going to be matching up probably against that Dvorak Pitlick Krause line, and they've been bad. So, like, I think Anaheim two and three are in play here tonight, don't you think? Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's just painful. But like, you have to like if you're using <laughs> these expensive onslaughts, like if you're power play stacking the abs, you're kind of limiting yourself where you can go, and like <laughs> the landing spots either really like the ducks the kings or you're going to some like really bad third or fourth line so yeah ducks they're they're pretty i mean they look good on the power play they just didn't really score but this is the matchup like they're not going against vegas they're not going against the blues you know what i mean so like going against like the depth of the coyotes like if there's any time for them to do it this is the time Right. And they don't, and on a two, on a five game slate, they don't need to go nuclear, right? Like two goals is way more than enough. So yeah, let's go Anaheim two. I'm in on that. Anything else from this game? Um, let me see. Gibson, you know, 7,400. Yeah. He's my he, favorite goalie of the night. Yeah. If he, if he's going to keep being priced like that, you keep got to, you got to plug him in. He, he's, I think like, to me, he's a top five goal in the NHL, and he's the most underrated goal in the NHL, just because of the team around him. Like he gets hung out to dry like every night, and he keeps them in the game. So, but that's that's an argument for another time. Like I'll just get angry. So, <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, just notice we have a super chat um, in YouTube from Clayton, and he asks, with the top stacks tool, are you more focused on ownership or leverage, or are those not standalone numbers? I know for me personally, I like to focus more on ownership because like I have my ranks personally where I think ownership is going to be before I even check Osmo. And then I like to kind of like contrast them between two, between what I think, what Osmo and what our ownership projections think. Um, that's what I do. Like I don't focus a, a whole lot on leverage because there aren't, because like three man stacks aren't, aren't super common. Like people, you know, they'll break the stack or add a defenseman or something like that. So like for me, it's ownership more than leverage. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, especially for depth lines, I pay more attention to ownership. Like Matthews, you know, he's going to get ownership. You know, Toronto one's going to get ownership. Like stuff like that. Like, you know, there's probably not going to be much leverage there. There's going to be a lot of ownership, et cetera. But like, if we're talking about the example we used before, like Sam Bennett, like if he's going to be 15%, like, yeah, I, I'm paying attention to that because I'm not playing a 1500 or 15% Sam Bennett on the road in a bad matchup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So pay, t- pay attention. They're both important, but pay attention to ownership uh, more than anything. All right. Well, uh, we got one, another game to hit here. Uh, pretty important game. Uh, repeat. No, this isn't a repeat game. I get these so all confused. So, so often we have Minnesota with a 2.3 apply goal total going into Colorado, Colorado currently sporting a 3.2 implied goal total. Those haven't moved throughout the day, neither has the line. Uh, Brandon Saad is expected to miss the game tonight. Um, congratulations to him. Him and his wife are having a baby. I guess his wife is having the baby, technically speaking. Um, he's going to be out. Matt Calvert jumps up to line two uh, for Colorado. Um, Gabriel Landeskog back to line one. So old Colorado one back together. Uh we saw I, – I just want to note that Connor Timmons and Bo and Byron really didn't play a lot in their last game. They are down like 11, 12, 13. I think Byron played like 14 or 15 minutes. So um, it seems like the young guys are kind of getting pushed down like we thought they might, but they're still in the lineup. Uh, 
I think there's going to be, even though Minnesota only has a 2.4 implied goal total, I think there's going to be interest on both sides here. So what are you seeing, Josh? Yeah, I agree. Um, I really like the Avs top line tonight. They're going to avoid the Joel Erickson Eck line um, for the most part. I mean, they probably will see something like that. They send out McKinnon against whoever, but like I would imagine for at least a good chunk of the game, they're going to get the Victor Rask, Zuccarello, Kaprizov line, which, you know, Victor Rask, it doesn't really do much for me. And McKinnon's one of those uh, matchup proof lines where you can just really put him against anybody. And this isn't a super good defensive line anyway. So yeah, I'm in on the, the abs. I like the abs power play. I like the abs top line. Um, like I was saying before, if you, if you do power play the, the abs, the top line with Kadri and McCarr, you're kind of leaving yourself needing uh, some of these really cheap players on the Kings, the Ducks, even the Rangers, something like that. So, like, if you're comfortable putting in these cheap players, I think, you know, the as onslaught is a way to go. And on the Minnesota side, um, this Kadri line is probably going to go see a good deal of the Joel Erickson Eck line. And that definitely favors the Minnesota Wild here. Um, Fiala is 7,100. So that's like, that's an interesting decision you're going to have to make, but like Greenway is under 4,000. So it makes it a bit more like palpable to put them all in. Uh, They're all power play one. They kind of split their power play time up a little bit. So I think that's okay. Um, That second line, which was on the optimal lineup on Monday. Yeah. Uh, Victor Rass, Zuccarello, uh, Kaprizov, all power play two. They're super cheap. I would imagine they're going to get some inflated ownership just because of what Zuccarello did the last game. And if that's the case, I want to be underweight. Um, especially because they're going to get a good deal of the McKinnon line. So for me, it's Colorado one Colorado power play uh, and this uh, Erickson Eck Fiala line. And then um, I don't mind Spurgeon 4,200 over Suter 4,300. I think they're both on power play one, which kind of sucks. I don't really like the the power plays with three forwards, two defensemen, but if you want to put in Dumba 4,900 power play two, I think that's okay as a one-off as well. Yeah, before I jump into this, I'm glad you brought up Jared Spurgeon because I was actually looking at him writing about something else earlier today. He's shooting 0% on the season. Did you know his shooting percentage is like 9% over the last five years? I did it, is, it is crazy. Like he's shooting better than Jeff Carter or something like that. It, like it is bananas. And any, anyway, Spurgeon has zero goals on the year. So obviously that's going to turn itself around uh, at some point. Uh, it's just a matter of, of, you know, when he does it, he seems selective with a shoot. Like, honestly, he doesn't put up two shots per game and he scores double digits goals almost every year. It's, it's crazy. He's anyways, I like Spurgeon tonight a lot too. Um, but getting to the game, I'm, I'm with you, uh, agreeing completely on Colorado. We did our first ownership run actually had McKinnon, I think in like the mid twenties and, uh, Landeskog and Ranton in like mid to high teens. Our latest ownership run actually pushed them down. Um, every player under 20% uh, and Landeskog coming in between 11 and 12%. So, like, if that three-man trio comes in at, like, a third of the ownership of Toronto 1 or whatever, or it'll be close. Like, I'm pretty in on that Colorado top line. So, I'm with you. Colorado 1, Colorado power play. Absolutely love that stack here tonight. We have them as a good leverage spot according to our top stacks tool over on Osmo.com. So I'm with you on them. 
like you said, it is hard. Um, they are expensive, but there are ways to get um, cheaper, right? Like you can leave off Ranton and throw on Kadri, uh, you know, to keep that four man power play stack and you'll save over $2,000. Uh, you can leave off Landeskog, save a thousand dollars. You can do, you know, and we've talked about uh, cheaper stacks uh, across the slate, you know, Anaheim too. Uh, Minnesota too, I'd say is one that you can probably fit in. Um, we we're talking uh, Flyers or not Flyers, Rangers two, Flyers three. Like there are spots you can go here. So I absolutely love Colorado top line tonight. Um, highest ownership uh, for me. Actually, I should say neck and neck with Toronto one, the Toronto power play. So all about Colorado one for me tonight. I'm not in so much on the Minnesota top line. Like I, I know what you're saying. Um, they, do, I think they they will get a decent matchup. Uh, against the Colorado second line. But I honestly think, like, Matt Calvert's a good defensive winger. Like, I think he's going to help that line a bit. uh, Like, he's going to hurt that line offensively, um, but he's going to help them a lot defensively, I think. So, like, I I wouldn't begrudge anybody for using Minnesota 1 because, if I'm not mistaken, we have them coming in at very low ownership tonight. (laughs) 2%. Uh, by our top stacks tool. So I would certainly not begrudge anybody using Minnesota one um, for ownership, ownership reasons on a five game slate. Um, They're just not in my mix personally here tonight. So uh, that's where I am. I do like Kakinen. Um, I think $7,000, like there's really only one other goalie in that range that I want to use tonight. So um, if you don't want to use the quick, I I think it's going to be quick starting. We'll talk about that uh, in a minute. If you don't want to, yeah. It, so if you don't want to use uh, Quaker Peterson or worry about that, that price difference or whatever, uh, I'm fine with Kakinen. Uh I don't think Kakinen. Yeah. He's been confirmed. Okay. Uh, all right. That's about it for me on this game. Do you have anything else you want to mention? Uh, just out on Grubauer, just price related. I'm not going to pay 8,500 for a goalie. And with these new scoring, like with the arbitrary bonuses, like he needs a shutout to hit value and probably be on the top lineup. It's possible, but I don't want to pay the 8500 to find out. Yeah, I'm with you. I do not want to find out that way either. All right. Before we get to the final game of the night, just like to let everybody know that we have a new Twitter account, Awesome NHL. So just head to Twitter, Awesome NHL, all one word. Um, that's our new Twitter account. If you want to catch our articles, when our videos drop, uh, sometimes there's breaking news, um, just a lot of good information and all the goings on for, for the NHL stuff we have here at Osmo. So check out Osmo NHL. And if you check out our main account, Osmo underscore com, C-O-M, uh, we're almost at 30,000 followers and we need you to follow us at Osmo underscore com to help us get to 30,000 followers. And when we do, we're going to be giving away 30 free weekly passes. So for your chance uh, to win a free weekly pass here at Osmo.com, follow our Twitter account. That is at Osmo underscore com over on Twitter. And I'd like to remind everybody that if you're not able to watch um, any of our shows here on YouTube, almost all of them are available through the Osmo Podcast Network. We've got a podcast for every sport and we're available on every major platform. So head over to Osmo.com slash podcast to check out the latest Leave a five-star review, pretty, pretty please, on one of our podcasts for a chance to win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Good luck. Please sign up for our Osmo podcast. All right. Getting to our last game of the night where we feature a very interesting line that I can't wait to talk about. 
The Los Angeles Kings, two and a half goal total uh, going into St. Louis uh, to face the Blues, a 3.0 implied goal total. Like I said, Jonathan Quick uh, still not confirmed. I suspect he'll start, though. He's uh, He's been pretty good of late uh, going up. Confirmed, actually. Has he? I'm not positive. DraftKings has a probable next to his name. Uh, I don't like to rely on DraftKings. Yes, <laughs> I mean, they just had Adam Bockfist as a winger a couple nights ago. That's true. Um, okay, so we'll just say that if you're planning on playing uh, the Los Angeles goalie, put in quick because he's $200 more expensive than uh, Peterson over on DraftKings. So uh, you'll be able to swap down and not worry about the salary. Uh, Jordan Biddington going for the Blues. The Blues still have a litany um, of injuries. Schwartz, Tarasenko, Thomas, Bozak, uh, Pareko. Uh, was it Gunnarsson just, just had surgery? So they're missing... Five guys out of their top nine, their top defenseman, and another one and another starting defenseman. So, <sighs> new lines: Sammy Blaze top line with O'Reilly and Perron, Jordan Cairo back down in the second line with Shen and Hoffman. What do you like here, Josh? So I was hoping Cairo would stick up on the top line, and the Blues and Sammy Blaze would be on the second line. I think, I mean, it doesn't make a huge difference defensively, but. I was writing up this game earlier this morning and I was looking at Jordan uh, Bennington's numbers, right? So he has a 921 save percentage on the season, which on paper looks really good. But then if you dive into his high danger save percentage, he's one of the worst in the NHL at like 824 or something like that. So like, yeah, he's saving the cupcakes from the, from the, you know, the blue line, but if you're getting in deep on him and you're, you're driving to the net. Yeah. He struggles mightily. So um, I kind of like this King's second line uh, tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's just like, you have to find like the, if you're using these expensive lines, you're going to have to find these, these secondary lines that fit in. And you look at Gabe Velarde and Jeff Carter, like the past four games, they've been a point of game player. Like, yeah, that's not going to, that's not going to stick going for, like for the rest of the season, but like they've been producing. Vlardy has been coming into his own a bit. Carter, you know, he's older now, but he looks a little bit more rejuvenated than he did at the beginning of the season, like when they're just getting run over. So I think like they're they're on power play too. They're going to get the Braden Shen, Mike Hoffman, Kairu line. Like Shen's okay, but like Hoffman is a good offensive player, but he's not great defensively. Kairu's kind of still an unknown. Like he's a good offensive player, but he's probably not the best defensively. So. I think, you know, with the Kopitar O'Reilly going against each other, they kind of cancel each other out and you got to look to the secondary stuff here. And I, I, I really like this Velarde Carter combo. If you want to put in Sean Walker with them, he's 2,600. Like he, Sean Walker just came back and he didn't play a lot of minutes last game, but he's 2,600. He does get a little bit of time on that second power play. Um, if you need somewhere down there, that's okay. So yeah. Uh, LA Kings two for me is a line that I definitely want some of uh, LA one St. Louis one. I don't really like going against O'Reilly and Perron. I don't really like going against Kopitar, but in MME, I would probably still have some just for, you know, like Sammy Blyce, you know, isn't the best defense. Like you, you look at their, their full line, like they have 122 minute sample as a line probably in the past year or two and their defensive numbers really aren't that great. Like they have a 2.3 expected goals against, which is below league average, 10 high danger chances against per 60 
Maybe Blyce is uh, coming to his own a bit, so those numbers stabilize a little bit. But I, I, I wouldn't mind taking shots on LA one or St. Louis one in MMA. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Los Angeles one because I did sneak them into a lineup. Uh, you're right that those numbers aren't good. And Pareko's still out, right? Like, he is their best defensive defenseman, and it's not even close. So, um, like you said, Bennington bad uh, with high danger chances. Pareko out. Like, it's not a great matchup for the Kovatar line, but it's one that they probably can't take advantage of. But I am with you. I like Jeff Carter night, baby. Um, actually, looking at that line stats, Velarde, Kempi, and Carter, we're up to almost 60 minutes together, which is about the spot where, like, at about 50 minutes is when I start to kind of pay attention to, to line stats. They're at almost 60 minutes. I mean, 54% expected goals shared, 2.2 expected goals for per 60 minutes. Like, not great. These aren't world peters, but they're good numbers, especially for a second line that is super cheap uh, in a good spot. Like, they absolutely ran over the St. Louis second line when they played a couple nights ago. Like, the St. Louis second line, I think their expected goal share was like 25% or something like that. Like, they got absolutely just choked out of that game. Carter had an assist and five shots. Like, you're right about Jeff Carter. He looks better this year than he's looked in like three years, honestly. Like, I don't know what it is. Maybe that super long layoff just helped him heal some nagging injuries or or whatever. But you're right. He he just looks like a great player. I mean, the shot volume alone, like I said, Carter hit um, the shot bonus in his last game. But he's up to 53 shots in, in 17 games, which is over three shots a game, playing only 17 minutes a night. He's not playing 20, 21 minutes a night. Like, there's lots of shot volume. Adrian Kempe, he's a good playmaker, good defensively. Like I think this is a good matchup. Uh, for Anaheim, like St. Louis second line numbers without Jane Schwartz there have been a disaster. And it hasn't mattered who it's been like Cairo and Shen with whomever. It's just been a complete disaster, whether it's been blaze or whether it's been Hoffman or whether it's, it doesn't matter. They've just been bad. So um, again, it's just a function of the way that my lineups are being built tonight. Like I, I, I there are super expensive lines I want to use, which means there are super cheap lines that I have to fit in. This is probably one of the best spots uh to use a, a second line like i said because that st louis second line probably won't be very good especially with that top defense pair off the ice so yeah i love la2 tonight not in on st louis uh one st louis two like they're expensive man like if you want to three-man stack them it's over 17k and like once you get to 17k like you're not using colorado you're not using toronto like you, I guess you can use, like you may not even be able to use Flyers power play because Provorov and Van Riemsdyk are both over 6K. Like if you decide to use that St. Louis second line, you're limiting yourself to like, I guess you might be able to stick in Rangers one or like Flames two or like, like a broken Arizona one or something like that. Like there just aren't a lot of spots where, that price range is bringing their lineup into my mix. So like I'm fairly out uh, on St. Louis one and St. Louis two here tonight. Um, Vin, Vinny, our boy, Vinny Dunn, 20 minutes again, last game. Um, I, he's playable PP two for uh, 3,900. Um, on the other side, like I like Matt Roy for 3,200. Uh, he can shoot, he can block shots, uh, pretty cheap uh, defenseman to use. You said Sean Walker, he's on PP two. I don't mind using that. Uh, as well uh, I'm not in on either of these third lines like Lazad and Grunstrom haven't looked very good but I also don't feel too comfortable 
you know, slamming in a bunch of Songfist and Sanford when Velarde and Carter are basically the same price, right? Yeah. I mean, the one thing, like, if you want even lower ownership, you could go Sunquist and Sanford because, like, the Lazat line's been getting absolutely. Oh, yeah. Over. Oh, yeah. Absolutely run over. So, like, if you want, like, lower ownership in this game, you can throw in a Sunquist Sanford done three man, like, if you really want to, just because, like, it's not like even a product of, like, these guys are great. It's just that the Kings' third line is so bad defensively. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what we should be clear here. It's not Sunfist and Sanford are great. It's that that line is bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. And I'm going to have some Jonathan Quick, 7,100, you know, especially where you can correlate. Um, it'll just bring down that average cost uh, even more. All right. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the show. Josh. Do you have a favorite stack here tonight that you want to tell the listeners about that is not Toronto one or, or Colorado one? It's always the one <laughs> I just talked about, right? You really <laughs> like Colorado tonight, eh? No, I'm, no I was going to say LA two, but we just talked about them. So I'm going to say like Anaheim two or three, as disgusting as that is. Like, I like this spot tonight. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Philly two. I'm going to probably kind of chalky ish, but. Um, I like, I don't know how that Rangers depth handles the Philly depth or the Philly depth here tonight. Like it, they just don't have the horses to do it. Maybe Shesterkin steps up. Um, I suppose he always could. Who's your favorite goalie on the slate? Uh, whoever starts for the Kings and Gibson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll say John Gibson as well. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Uh, once again, if you could like, and subscribe before heading off, that would help us a lot. Ding the little bell if you want to get notified whenever uh, we do have a show coming on. Uh, We have another show coming your way uh, tomorrow. Jake will be back uh, in the driver's seat, and I'll be here as his analyst. Uh, It is a nice little 10-game slate, so you can join us here 3 o'clock Eastern time tomorrow uh, for Josh and for our producer, Tyler, uh, Michael Clifford, a.k.a. Slim Cliffy. Good luck tonight, everybody. Have a good one.